Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 398. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We get to talk football, and it's another show with Charles and Will, okay? The others are puppies. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we're just... Mark needs some beauty sleep. Oh, well, my God. As Will said, you can sleep when you're dead. Quit being such a pussy. Okay, so we're here to talk football, and that's what we're going to do. What is the rant for today? Well, we're going to talk about a bunch of things, but I absolutely love Vernon Adams Jr., the Vash, taking on Mr. Big Hill and beating him up, and then Adam being a bit of a pussy about it. Okay, yes, I know. Adam and I have not got along really well. He actually called me out in a couple of posts, and uh, so be it. But you know what? You're a big, tough linebacker, and you got beat up by a quarterback. Come on. I'd be embarrassed. Uh, you should be embarrassed, okay? And and then and then you go whining about it to the officials? Come on. Grow a pair. I know. Okay, I'm, I'm surprised if I'm not going to get a phone call from him tonight. Um, anyhow, uh, let's see what's going on here in the world of football. We had four great games. Well, what is it? they're pretty much good games. So the Calgary Toronto held their own against the Stampeders. Edmonton and Hamilton, well, that was a little bit if. Winnipeg Hamilton game, well, that went the right way, didn't it? And uh, BC Ottawa, like, Jesus, look at Ottawa putting up four, or BC putting up 40 points. Who would have thought BC would have put up 40 points? Oh, look. CJ did. Okay. So um, what are we going to talk about? I don't really have any real rants today because I, I kind of did went all over the edge with them last week and with that beyond the burger, beyond the beef burger, beyond meat or whatever the frick it's called over at NW. And then with, there was something else that I was bitchy about. I don't know. So um, like a couple of things, Edmonton loses another game. They're like six in a row. Are, are they on an absolute slam dunk sinking trip here? Or are they six in a row or is that Ottawa six in a row? I don't know. But anyhow, Edmonton's not doing real well. They've been tanking ever since. I mean, when are they going to do something about this? And is it a court? Is it a coaching thing? Is it Jason Moss not being able to pull his team together? Uh, are we going to talk about that? I don't know. But, you know, we've been talking about this. Who was the first coach that's going to get fired this year? Well, well realistically, it was Mike Sherman because he got fired before the goddamn season started. But uh, since then, I mean, who we got? Rick Campbell. Look at that. Ottawa's tanking over there. We're talking about Eastern teams again. And and what the hell's going on in Ottawa? We're going to talk about that for sure. But seriously, what's going on? This is this is the worst team. I mean, th- these guys are worse than the Alouettes and the Argos. I mean, God, how shitty do you have to be to be that bad? I mean, in fact, Montreal's doing real. So who would have thunk, who would have thunk that Ottawa was going to be this bad? I know a lot of people said Ottawa was going to suck this year. And I personally, I, me, CJ, 
uh, said, Ottawa's not going to be as bad as you guys think. Well, fuck, was I wrong there, eh? Oh, they're worse than what you guys thought they were going to be bad. And, uh, yeah, no, I don't know what's going on in Ottawa. It's terrible. Uh, But Montreal's doing really well. They're just killing it. They're nailing it over there, doing a good job. Toronto's playing some good football, losing the football game still. That's kind of like what BC was doing last month, Um, playing some good football but losing the games. Now BC's actually playing some good football, winning the games, but then they were playing Ottawa, and they're shit. So, uh, you know, BC's got to play – Montreal next week and uh, we'll see what happens there if if they can pull out another couple of victories they're actually going to be challenging Edmonton for a crossover position can you believe BC is not out of the playoffs yet oh my good lord okay let's open up the mics here bring in the boys and see what's happened Will's on the top so let's uh, welcome him to the show Mr. McDonald how you doing you know I I miss the days of Chris Jones being in the CFL because if Chris Jones was the head coach in BC, <laughs> Deron Carter might be their quarterback. <laughs> oh, you gotta love that guy! Eh? <laughs> Seriously, like, too. Wow. Was his first pass? Was it a touchdown? The first one, or was it just like a fifty-seven yard pass and it didn't go anywhere? I don't know. I you know, like a, a month ago or a month and a half, six weeks ago. Charles, oh, Charles is – yeah, you're here, Charles. Yes. Did, did, did he score was a touchdown on his first pass, or was it just real close to the end zone? It was real close to the end zone. It was not a touchdown. Okay. He got it down inside the five-yard line. But this is a touchdown now. Yes. Yes, this was so, a touchdown. So he's two for two with a touchdown and like 120 yards passing. He should be their quarterback. There you go. If Mike Riley gets hurt, he's I, the second string. Oh, I I don't doubt it. I I would vote for that without question. Let's look at some player stats here in passing category. And oh my God, look at that. Uh, he's nineteenth in the list overall. He's a hundred percent accuracy for hundred and twenty three yards, one touchdown with a efficiency rating of 508.3. Jerron Carter, he's just killing it, man. This is like how many, better than how many touchdown? How many touchdown passes has Jonathan Jennings thrown this year? <laughs> oh, let, just look, there's Jonathan Jennings. He has three. Okay. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Scary. Antonio Pipkin. Antonio Pipkin's got one. Deron Carter's got one. Oh. I mean, these are actually real okay. quarterbacks. Look at Dakota Prukop. Zero. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Amazing. Only in the CFL. Come on. But 100, 123 yards. Yeah. He's nailing it, man. Antonio Pipkins, who's actually a quarterback, has only got 161, and he played three games as quarterback. He made 19 mm-hmm. passes. Matt Schlitz made 11 passes. He's only got 107 yards. Jerome's got more than that and two catches. Unbelievable. How you doing, Charles? I'm doing good. Just sitting here and... Relaxing, realizing tomorrow's Monday, got to go to work, but it's not Monday yet, so. Quit swearing. 
I didn't. But you're, re- you're retired. You don't work, do you? That four-letter word, work. You think I'm retired? No, no. Christopher's oh. retired. Oh, no, Christopher's I, retired. Sort of. Sort of. Didn't. Yeah, whatever. Didn't work out that okay. well. Okay. I, I don't have to go to work. I just have to go to work. Okay, um, beside the point, let's uh, let's talk some football. You guys ready to talk some football? What do we got? Segment one yeah. is the Calgary-Toronto game. The Calgary-Toronto game, uh, Friday night. I love these two games, two games Friday night, two games Saturday night. This is the way the CFL should be done. None of this fucking Thursday shit or Monday or anything else. Two games Friday, two games Saturday. Rock and roll. Let's watch some football. I agree. So, Will, Will, you were yeah. not in this game. No. It was in Toronto. Yes. So did you watch it? Duh. Oh, did I watch it? The bear shit in the woods? Of course I watched it. As a matter of fact, I left work early so I can watch it. No, oh, okay. On a, on a Friday afternoon. Um, you know what? Considering, considering what the Stampeders had on the field, <laughs> I was impressed that they won. Um, they were without Reggie Bigleton. They were without uh, their, uh, Corey Greenwood. They had to revamp their offensive line to make up for the import middle linebacker they had to use. So uh, you know what? I actually, I actually didn't expect them to win. So they're playing they out uh, so, Toronto. Come on, give me a break. Yeah, I know, but Toronto Toronto had Bethel Thomas and you know, I, I just I I don't get I don't get Toronto because they pulled Bethel Thomas and put in the next one supposedly two years ago and he hasn't done shit yet. And he didn't do uh, shit there either. No, he didn't. Um Calgary's defense played well. Calgary's offense did just enough. A big shout out to 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 Colton Hunchak because he stepped up and I thought he helped them out a couple of times because they were saying none of these Canadian receivers that Stampeders have step up and Colton Hunchak I think he had two or three catches and uh, he got Bo out of trouble a couple of times five there you go he got Bo out of couple trouble a couple of times. And you know, I don't, I don't get it. When the only really good receiver you have is Eric Rogers, these teams can't stop Eric Rogers. He was catching everything. Well, he so, didn't. He he, and, he was targeted seventeen times. He only caught eight. Yeah, eight for how much? One hundred nineteen yards. Well, that's that's a pretty good that's day's work much. for a receiver. Not really. That's a pretty good day's it's work good. for an average receiver. Good, but it's not overwhelming. No, no. but they're like you said, they were playing Toronto. So exactly, um, it should have been amazing. It should have been out there. And, and you know what? I don't talk about these things because all that matters is a win, is a win, is a win, is a win. And Stampede is losing. The Bombers or Stampede is winning. The Bombers losing. Oh my lord! This thing is just taking a different turn. Okay, that's what I'm excited about because I said last week. In the West, you cannot afford to lose a game right now. You just you can't. cannot afford to lose it. And and both uh, Winnipeg and Calgary clinched the playoff spot. Yes, they did because Ottawa lost. 
because Ottawa lost. So they're guaranteed a crossover. Well, yeah. So it's kind of sad when Winnipeg uh, guarantees a playoff position by losing. Well, it happens all the time, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but as Todd Mogie said, Winnipeg, uh, sorry, uh, that other team Winnipeg was playing. Who were they playing? Oh, my God, did I forget who they were playing? Hamilton? They were playing Montreal. Montreal. Oh, Montreal. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Yes, and Montreal didn't win it. Winnipeg lost it, according to Todd Mogi. So I was just going to put yeah. that out there. Um, I hate when people say that. Um, Sometimes it's true. <laughs> well, Sometimes I, it's true. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the Winnipeg game. I'm not going to talk about that yet. No, um, no, we're talking Calgary yeah. right now. Calgary won. Bowl played okay. The team played okay. And they won, so hey, it's all there is to uh, say, right? They're right up there, and they seem to be. If they can get some of these hurt players back, as they do have a bye week this week, um, this team is going to be dangerous going down the stretch. Okay, and I mean so, with a capital D. Okay, Charles, what's your take on this game? Well, I know we've talked about him before, but I think that Bo Levi Mitchell needs a ton of credit on this win. I mean, he had a receiving core that was basically made up of nobodies and band-aids and stuff like that. The only guy I had really ever heard on this receiving core the other night was Eric Rogers. Most of these other guys, I don't know anything about them. I've heard Terry Williams' name a little bit, but he's a running back. So, <clears throat> But to be honest, to go in there, I know they're only playing the Argos, but with that receiving score and still put up 346 passing yards, I mean, that's pretty impressive, especially considering they really had no running game to speak of. Uh, McLeod Bethel, you know what? I have no problem with the Argos taking out McLeod Bethel Thompson because he was very ineffective in this game. He only threw for 86 yards in an interception. That's not exactly great production. And, hey, James Wilder Jr., 40 yards rushing. What was that about him holding out a couple weeks, a couple years, or not a lot? Was it last year? I don't know. Whatever it is, he needs to shut his mouth because um, he's turned out to be a bust, a, a flash. Well, of hang pad, on, so. Charles. How many rushing plays were there? For the Argos, eight. Yeah. Okay. Well, how many? The, the how many were? How many times was the rock given to James Wilder Jr.? Four. Okay, so you can't be bad mouthing James Wilder Fair about enough. not running properly when he's not True. giving the ball. Okay. But so, are they not I mean, giving he, the ball? He averaged, he's going to run anywhere. He averaged ten yards a carry. If he was averaging two point four yards a carry, I would understand your argument. But if he's averaging 10 yards a carry, give him the fucking ball. That's a good point. They need to give him the ball more if he's averaging 10 yards. I guess that's actually a fair comment. On four, four carries for 40 yards, why not give him more? You're right. Yeah, um, give him the ball. Mm-hmm. Darrell Walker had a strange game. He had 10 catches, which is an enormous amount, but only for 52 yards. That's just weird to have that few yardage on that many catches. Uh, but all in all... Um, Hang on. This, he only had five catches. 
Sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. I'm reading the attempts. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Five catches. The, the target. So you got so that's ten ten point four yards a, a carry. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. I that's, don't like his yak yard. Bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously one. he got those. Obviously he had those catches. He had those catches because the Stampeders were trying to stay in front of him and not behind him. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But all in all, it wasn't the most entertaining game of all. Uh, Edmund or Calgary never really had uh, much of an opportunity in this one. Or excuse me, Toronto didn't have much of an opportunity in this one. I know they somewhat made it close down the stretch, but this game was never in uh, doubt as far as I'm concerned for Toronto. I never felt that uh, Toronto uh, was ever coming back to catch Toronto or to catch Calgary. And you know what? Give the Stampeders some credit. They did what they needed to do, and they had a very depleted receiving core, but they were still able to pull out the win. So you got to give them credit for that. Okay. Well, I mean, Calgary did have ten different receivers. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. Only nine of them caught the ball, but that's okay. That this this uh, CFL 2.0 guy, Andreas Salgado. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't catch the ball. But the other, yeah. Anyhow, I'm gonna, not going to go there. Okay. But here, here's here's the stat that did, James Wilder, like I said, he got four carries for 40 yards. Chris Rainey had one carry for 11 yards. They're they're averaging 10 yards a carry against Calgary's defense. Why aren't you pounding the ball down their throat? Their defense couldn't stop shit on the run. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why you run the ball five times when you're you're getting success like that. Makes no sense to me at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the final score was Calgary 23, Toronto 16. Now, Will, you said you didn't expect Calgary to beat Toronto, except you, you picked them to win 48-28. Yeah, because you were baiting me, so that's your fault, not mine. Oh, poor widow Baba. You, you, you caved to peer pressure? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yes, 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 oh, yes. I, I'm, just, I'm totally distraught how you put pressure on me all the time. To you're pick a bigger pussy than Mark. Okay? Oh, yes, I am. Just call me Willie Pussy Boy. Okay, yeah. Anyhow, you're out by 37 points on that one. Charles, you're out by 23. Phil picked Toronto, so he lost completely. Mark, you're out by seven, and you win the golden ticket. Wait, hold on. What's this? CJ was out by seven as well, so he also gets the golden ticket. Unbelievable. CJ, like, just boogies up there. So he goes from three picks this season to Four overnight, just like that, increases it by 25%, actually 33%. Increased it by 33%. Unbelievable. Just awesome. Okay, so the next game was Hamilton and Edmonton. And we were all rooting for Hamilton because, A, um, Edmonton, BC is kind of chasing Edmonton for that crossover position, and Charles and I are kind of hoping that BC does it. Ed, uh, Will can't stand Edmonton, so he's definitely going to cheer for Hamilton. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Mark and uh, Phil kind of went the same way because we all picked uh, Hamilton to win. 
Okay, so um, Edmonton's uh, just been losers lately. They're just losing, and that's what happens here. So, uh, Charles, talk about this football game here. I'm going to admit I was out with the wife on uh, Friday night, so I only saw bits and pieces of this game. (laughs) We actually ended up going to a movie Friday night, and before the game, I was watching the game before the movie. When I went into the movie... Uh, Hamilton was ahead 21 nothing. I, I figured, well, this was probably over then. I came out of the movie, and they went up and looked at the TV screen, and my jaw dropped because the game was tied. I'm like, what the hell happened? What the hell happened to Hamilton? <laughs> um, they actually went but, up 24 nothing. Oh, God. And then Edmonton but came the, back with 24 points. Uh, so Hamilton did everything they could, it looks like, to give this football game away. Um, but as it turns out, they were the cream rose to the top on this one, and they were able to pull out the um, pull out a win when they were way ahead, and it looked like they had blown the game. And then all of a sudden, boom, they get a game-winning field goal by Lyram Hiralahu. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Who cares? No. Um, <laughs> hula hoop uh, but, is better. Yeah, hula hoop's better. I agree. And somehow they're able to... Liam Hiralahu. Fire. Yeah. 24-7 at halftime, and then the Eskimos get back in it with a backup quarterback in his first ever start, Logan Kilgore, and they're probably lucky that Logan Kilgore was starting because maybe they don't come back. Maybe the maybe the uh, Eskimos keep piling it on. But uh, Kilgore was all right in his uh, in his first ever start, 22 of 36, 223 yards, two touchdowns, but three interceptions. So there was definitely some of the um, of the um, inexperience and rust that was showing there on Logan Kilgore. Um, you, I would have thought that they would have used C.J. Gable more than they did, considering that Kilgore was inexperienced, but he only carried the ball 11 times for 45 yards. Now, that's not a great average, 4.1 yards, so maybe that's why yeah, they did Yeah, but you're, you're behind 24 nothing. The running the game kind of goes away. Run, you're not going to run all that much more when, you, when you're down that much. That's, that's true. But you've got to give it to um, Dane Evans, uh, another, strong out, another strong outing. Uh, 336 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, I'd like to know a little bit what happened in those middle quarters when after uh, they were on fire in the first quarter with 21 points in the first quarter and then only three points in quarters two and three. So the Eskimos defense were pretty much shutting them down for the last, well, really the last four quarters because they only got six points in the fourth quarter, and I believe those were two Hiralahu field goals, but the last two minutes one, left in the game. Yeah. But the last one was, uh, the, um, what was needed. They were able to, um, pull out the win. And a lot of times you'll see that too, where teams will battle back from a big deficit, but they expend so much energy in the comeback that they end up not being able to hold it because they run out of gas and the team, that kind of was sitting back with the lead ends up coming out on top. And I think that's kind of what happened here in this one. So 
Um, uh, good on Hamilton to be able to pull that one out because they didn't collapse completely. They were able to uh, pull it out of the fire. That could have been an embarrassing loss uh, because teams that blow embarrass uh, that blow huge leads like that late in the game should hang their head in shame. But the Tiger Cats didn't do that. We might talk about another team in a little bit that will, that should. But thirty Bombers. to twenty-seven. So yeah. Bombers. And Hamilton Bombers. just keeps defying the odds. Uh, a lot of people predicted when uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli went out with his injury for the season that their season was over. It clearly isn't. They're clearly still a force in the East. So I got to ask this question here: If the Tomcats are the uh, basically the, the the Eastern Division right now, okay? Although you got to give yep. Montreal a little bit of credit for what they're doing. Hamilton do, yep. is just kind of. Uh, uh, head and shoulders the better team in the East right now. If uh, Hamilton makes it to the Grey Cup and, and uh, has a strong showing, if not a victory, what do you do with Dane Evans and uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli? Mm, that's a good question. That's something that they're going to be coming up against in the offseason. Uh, do they want to uh, go back to Mazzoli? But Dane Evans is really progressing this season, so they're going to have a tough uh, decision coming up in the offseason. Certainly, yeah. Dane Evans is cheaper. Hell yeah. A lot cheaper. And Mazzoli's a free agent. Yeah. Yep. So do they let him walk? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Okay. William. Well, and I would say, in my mind, if they get to the Grey Cup, you keep uh, Dane Evans because uh, he's a traditional quarterback as opposed to Mazzoli, who is not your typical quarterback. He's different, well, I guess you Mazzoli could say. Well, is the, is the guy that we've always said he's not going to win you a great cup, kind of like Matt Nichols, well, right? Well, they're, but Mazzoli would actually would actually look Mazzoli would actually look pretty good on Winnipeg, to be honest with you. He kind of fits into that team that just runs the ball. Anyways, we get to that. Um, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm thinking when when Hula Hoop was lining up for his game-ending field goal. All he was thinking was, now Trey Roberson doesn't play for Edmonton, right? Trey Roberson doesn't play for Edmonton. Okay, so it's a good. It's good. I can kick this field goal. Um, uh, didn't didn't he bounce it off the upright? Yep, off the up, off the upright in through. Off the upright and in. Off the upright and deflected in. I think that should have yes. been a dead ball. I, I yeah, think well, you hit the upright, you, it's a dead ball, whether it goes across or not. You know, it should just be dead. I, and I thought it was, but I guess it was wrong. I think that No, if, if it deflects the, off and it goes in, then it's, yeah. it's a it field goal. If it's a dead yeah. ball and it falls down that. into the playing field, it's a dead ball. Right. But anyways, I was just like you guys. I watched the Calgary game, and then I was all excited about watching Hamilton and Edmonton, and I sat here for the first quarter – and it was 21 nothing with ease. And I said, I'm not going to watch this anymore. I went upstairs. My wife was baking cookies, so I'm her cheese Ooh. sampler. So uh, I sat there what and ate what cookies, kind of cookies and then chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. Raw chocolate chip cookie dough is the best. It, it, I don't eat like... cookie dough, sorry. Oh, yeah, it's I eat chocolate best. chips, but I don't eat cookie dough. Cookie um, dough is awesome. So, so then... So then our step, my wife's son phoned and said he was going to come over and see us. 
So I decided I'd go outside and have a cup of tea with him. I went outside, and he says to me, hey, why aren't you watching the football game? I said, well, it, was, it wasn't a very good game. He says, really? My girlfriend is in Edmonton, and she's at the game, and she says it's tied. So I pull my phone out and look, and yeah, sure enough, so I go, come, go down the basement and watch the last quarter. Because yeah. no lead is safe. <laughs> yeah. Obviously so not. I watched that. That was uh, that was pretty good. It was nice. Hamilton, man, Hamilton is a good team. There's no doubt about it. Hamilton's a good team. So they could they could if they're in it, it's going to be a good Grey Cup. Trust me. If they keep on playing this well. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, you know what? They almost blew it like the Bombers, but they didn't, and they came back and they. Scored uh, scored the winning points and yeah. If Mark was on, if Mark was on tonight, he'd want to talk about the cheap shot Simone Lawrence hit on Kilgore. And I tend to agree with him, but I mean, someone posted it on Facebook and I watched it. I didn't see it, and it was a cheap shot. But oh well, I can't remember if he got a penalty or not. So, but yeah, more part of the. Hamilton Tiger Cats, they're they're first place overall right now, baby. Okay, so I'm watching the ending of this game, right? I didn't really see much of the game. I'm watching the score. It's 21-0 Hamilton. I'm going, I'm outside working, and I go, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to go in and watch that game. It's it's over, right? And I'm watching, you know, I'm keeping track of the phone, and I'm I'm working away and working away, and I look down and go, holy shit, it's tied. So I book it back inside. And I get to watch the last quarter of it. And I can honestly tell you that I was cheering for Edmonton to win. I'm sitting there going, yeah, 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 good comeback. This is great. This is Cinderella's story. And then I went, what the fuck am I doing? This is Edmonton. We want them to lose. Come on, Ticats. And Ticats pulled it off. So I was kind of happy about that. But I I found myself cheering for the underdog right there for on, on the great comeback, and then I slapped myself and said, no, no, we're not going to do that. Okay. So the final score here was Hamilton 30, Edmonton 27. It was tied 27-27 going into the last couple seconds of the game because I don't think that was the end of the game, was it? It wasn't – There was they had to kick the ball off or something afterwards, didn't they? I think it was like three seconds left or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it wasn't very much. But anyhow, it was, yeah. it was pretty much the end of the game. So, um, final score was 30-27. to 27. Charles, you were out by 18. Will, you were out by 21. Mark was out by 19. Phil, out by 8 points. There you go, Phil. Another... Oh, no. What? Oh, oh my God. CJ, out by 5 points? Another golden <coughs> ticket for CJ. Wow. At 33 points. Oh, my God. Look at that. I, I, I almost... It's amazing. I got two. I had three picks right the whole season, and I get two in one week. Oh, my good Lord. It's a miracle. Oh, it's a miracle. Okay. Uh, this is the, one of my favorite games of the week here. This is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes. This is the Montreal Alouette team that was an absolute and complete dumpster fire at the beginning of the season. They fired their coach before training camp or during training camp. And they picked up Kahari Jones as their co- And then they fired their GM in, what, like week four or week five or something because he was cheating. 
Oh my god! Oh, and then the, the 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 owner throws the keys on the table, and the and the league takes over ownership of the league of the team. They're in a complete chaos. Their front office is a disaster. And what are they on a four or five game winning streak right now? Montreal is just awesome. Just awesome. Oh, excuse me. They're they are above five hundred, and that's the first time they've been above five hundred in four years, I think. So uh, yeah, they're at seven wins and five losses. That uh, good for a very solid second place. Uh, what three games, four games ahead of Mont- uh, Ottawa? And uh, oh my God, Toronto's just like down there. So uh, yeah, Montreal's just doing awesome, and so pretty excited about that. And they're Winnipeg. What do we call them here? Chokers, right? Because they they were up quite substantially in this game, and as Mark would say, uh, the Winnipeg losses game, uh, they were up at one point in time, thirty four, thirty seven. They were up thirty seven to seventeen at going into the fourth quarter. Thirty seven yep. to seventeen going into the fourth quarter, and Montreal comes back with twenty one unanswered points for the victory. Vaj was amazing. That's all I got to say. He just went out there and he rocked and rolled and did what he had to do regardless to win this football game. 488 yards passing, four touchdowns, one interception. Just, he rocked, rock and roll. Just rock and roll. Okay? Yes, Chris Strebler was amazing with 86% completion. He just didn't throw the ball enough. That's his problem. 22 attempts. Badge, 43 attempts. That's how you play football. And who's the best running back in the CFL? Not who's got the most yards, but who's the best running back in the CFL? A lot of people say it's Stanback. How did that possibly happen in the, when he got five carries for two yards? I mean, did not Vernon Adams come out and say that William Stanback was the best rusher in the CFL? Yeah, he didn't really back it up in this one. No, five carries for two yards, averages .4 yards per carry, and his longest was four. (laughs) When you only rush for two yards and your longest rushing is four, that means there's a lot of negatives on the other ones. Yep. Wow. Devere Posey. Four carries from minus two yards. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, so, uh, but, you know, we got we got almost three receivers over 200 yards, over 100 yards. Eh, it's not bad. Quan Bray was 91 yards. He's pretty close, close to 100. Okay, anyhow. Uh, William, jump on board. Yeah. Winnipeg. You know, I, I I question the character of this Winnipeg team cause, because just before that game, two articles came out. One, Vernon Adams saying that uh, Stanback was the best running back in the CFL. Would have pissed me off if I had played for the Bombers. And then uh, Montreal's defensive end, the guy who's been there forever, can't remember his name. John um, Bowman? Also said, yeah, John Bowman said, uh, said, uh, Trevor or Andrew Harris should have been suspended longer for his uh, PED infraction. 
And that's I agree with him. Board. That's bulletin board stuff, man. And the, the Bombers should have put that on their board. And the Bombers should have been so angry it wasn't funny. Oh, hmm. wait a minute. They were angry because they got 37 points. But they decided that they were going to take the second half off. And I can tell you, I can tell you why Montreal won. It's pretty simple. If you go, if your offense doesn't score any points in the second half and no points in the fourth quarter, your defense is going to be gassed beyond gassed because they're on the field too much. And Montreal came back and they won. And I'm not going to tell you I didn't enjoy it because I did enjoy it. I think Vernon Adams is, I don't know where this guy came from. I know where he came from, but I didn't think he was going to be this good. But obviously what he needed was Kahari Jones. And they're just, they're going on all cylinders, man. And they have a good defense. They have a great defensive backfield. They could go a long way. And they're starting to get into the scary category. Yeah. So, and I mean, in the in the Bombers' defense, hopefully they win something from this loss. And and my question is, did they not watch the Calgary Montreal game about three or four weeks ago, where Montreal scored I think eighteen points in the last two minutes and won the game? Like, come on, guys, you can't. You know what? In the CFL, it doesn't matter. You cannot take your foot off of anybody's throat because they will come back. Go They'll ahead. eat your foot. They'll chew your foot yep. off. And Montreal is doing that right now. Vernon Adams, I was so excited when when BC got the rights to Vernon Adams. And then he came up here, and we were talking about signing him. This was a couple of three years ago, and – he he came off and and with with absolute arrogance as a third string quarterback he wanted starter money and uh, Wally looked at him and laughed hysterically and uh, uh, yeah I, I knew what he was going to be like I knew that he would in three or four years when he got established he was going to be an amazing quarterback uh, he's 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 coming through there right now he is doing it right now. And it's taken him this long to do that. I mean, it's been about four years he's been in the league, isn't it? Roughly, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, Charles. Charles. <clears throat> not only uh, talking about uh, did the Bombers not look at the film of Montreal and Calgary, how about the Bombers? Remember what happened to them when they played Toronto earlier this year and blew a huge lead? This ain't the first time they've done this. And typically, Grey Cup caliber teams don't blow big leads like this. Uh, they've now done it twice. And Will's right. And I think what happened to the Bombers on uh, in this game is similar to what happened to Hamilton in the game against Edmonton, where they built up a big lead and they were on cruise control. Yes, they were up 34-17 at halftime, and then they made it 37-17, take a 20-point lead, and then they pretty much shut it down. 
the defense stopped moving the ball and the excuse me the offense stopped moving the ball and the defense just quite frankly stopped stopping people stopped stopping the Alouettes probably because they were running out of gas um, well, just like Will said what's that they were playing prevent D and that's they, the they, other problem we how many times do we have to see that prevent defense especially in the CFL doesn't work, especially when you start playing it early in the game. Because prevent defense, you give up a lot of yardage because you're you're giving them basically a lot of yardage underneath because you're not trying to get burnt deep. But Vernon Adams was using that to his full advantage, and you can't start playing prevent defense in the third quarter. That just doesn't work because you're going to give up too much yardage and you're going to tire your defense out, which is exactly what we saw. Um, their defense was gassed by the end of the game, and Montreal Vernon Adams Jr. was exposing him, exposing them badly. They put up over 500 yards on this team, I believe, 528 yards for a team that wants to make them to believe that they're the best team in the CFL and have the best defense. Boy, their defense didn't look all that strong the other night. But again, they were on the field too much because their offense stopped producing. And uh, yeah, uh, Chris Trevler, he played quite well. Um, again, he reminds me of Tim Tebow, he, where he's basically equal part threat as a as a runner as he is a thrower because he's not probably a quarterback that's going to consistently get you three to 400 yards uh, in a game. He might get you 170 to 200 yards, but he might also get you close to 100 yards on the ground. Now, I don't know if a, a, a quarterback like that can have long-term success in the CFL. We'll have to wait and see, although he did play well last for a lot of the game last week. But again, he was getting yardage but not producing points. Andrew Harris had a big game on his return. He had 76 yards rushing and 112 yards receiving. But again, yeah. how much of that was between the 20s after the second quarter? So Montreal, you got to give them full credit. You, you, the Montreal team of last year, or the last couple years, at halftime would have already have folded their tents and not cared anymore. They would have just gone rolled over and played dead. Yeah, they were they were mentally already ready to go. Not this team. This team doesn't quit. They were calling them the Cardiac Kids on TSN. Well, that's kind of a name that the Lions had back in the 70s when they were having uh, comebacks. But, I mean, these guys just have no quit in them. I mean, I think a lot of us were probably skeptical at the beginning of the year when Kahari Jones took over as head coach there in Montreal. But he's making a believer out of a lot of people now. And like I said on uh, yesterday after the game, you got to start putting Vernon Adams in the uh, most outstanding player uh, discussion because as he took this team over, he's really taken it on as his team, and they've seen by far their greatest success with him um, as the quarterback. Remember, he didn't start the season as a quarterback. Antonio Pipkin was the was the starter coming out of camp, but it's clearly 100% now Vernon Adams' team, and uh, he's the one that's going to have to uh, that's going to carry this team forward. And it looks like he's available. He's arrived. He was a 
hugely talented, uh, highly talented quarterback coming out of college. You mentioned the the whole debacle in BC with him coming in demanding a bunch of money up front, much like we saw with Josiah St. John. But he was a big-time, talented quarterback coming out of college, and a lot of people said he was going to be the next one, and I think we're finally seeing it now out of him here in Montreal. So um, it was an exciting game. For those people that didn't have a dog in the fight, that was just a great game to watch and an exciting comeback and uh, a good uh, – Big win for Montreal. Who um, these guys look like they're for real. Okay, one of the interesting stats that I've, I'm seeing in here is Winnipeg leading rusher wasn't Andrew Harris. No, no, it was Trevler. Chris Trevler. But he did now, catch a couple of passes. Yeah, yeah. It, actually, if you look at the the throwing here, Darvin Adams threw one pass. Complete for 74 yards. To the receiving thing, and the longest pass that Andrew Harris got was 74 yards. 69 of it was yak yards. So you've got to give the guy a little bit of credit. So Darvin Adams threw the ball for for five yards, and Andrew Harris put on the Jets for another 70. Um, so that was more than his entire rushing. You know, you know what was really refreshing about that game was Kahari Jones on the sideline. He was genuinely excited, okay? He oh, was no into kidding. that game. He was jumping up and down. He was excited. And that's that's nice, okay? It really is nice to see a guy like that, okay? Because he now, wanted to win and, and, you know. Is there anybody even for coach of the year? Yeah, I think not as far as I'm Orlando. Concerned. No, I think Orlando Steinhauer. I I think uh, Orlando Steinhauer, um, Kahari Jones. Uh, what's his name in Saskatchewan? Dickinson. Dickinson. Craig Dickinson. Yeah, you can make a yeah, that, you can make a good case for him. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but he, he's not that team. Doing what Montreal is doing right now. Montreal is going against the odds and winning football games. Nobody yep. expected them to win games this year. Okay, they didn't. Nobody expected them to win three games. And what are they winning? What are they at right now? They're, They're at seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. And you also got to take into account too that he took over as head coach five days before the regular season started. Yep. He didn't yeah. even coach in the pre. He wasn't even head coach in the preseason. And then all of a sudden you get thrown in as a guy who had never been a head coach before, and he takes over the team just days before the preseason starts. That and then loses his GM. Yeah, and then his GM gets fired. So he's had a lot of adversity, but he's come through it with flying colors. I mean, they did not look like a good team at the, in the beginning of the season. They did not. But, I mean – but I mean, in reality, you could say that you could say that about both Saskatchewan and, and Hamilton. I mean, they lose Zach Claris in the first three plays of the season. Okay, and yeah, everybody Orlando knew that was going to happen. Yeah, Orlando Steinhauer lost Jeremiah Mazzoli for the rest of the season. So, but yeah, my choice would be Kahari for sure, depending on how they finish. But yeah, I can see your point. But there are a couple other guys. 
I'm not saying no, nobody else is in the running, but I don't think they're close. Kahari's got this one. All he has to do is stay strong. I mean, yep. he doesn't even have to. He doesn't have to win a playoff game. He doesn't have to do anything if he just finishes strong the rest of the game, season. He's got 12 games back down. He's got six to go. Wins another three. Ends up eight, uh, coach of the year. Yeah. Coach of the year. Yeah. Hard to argue that one. We know we know Devon Claybrooks is not going to be in the run. <laughs> Depends on whether or not he 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 gets in the playoffs. No, he's not going to be in the running. Sorry, not going to be, be in the running. If he gets in the playoffs <laughs> and makes a run for it and takes out the the Calgary okay, Stampeder guy, ends gonna, up in the Grey Cup, and, if that, and I'm going, I'm flying to Calgary the, to watch Devon take the Grey Cup home. If that's yeah. the case, then I'm then I'm going to pick Dave Dickinson as coach of the year too. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, because I got a bunch of things I can say about him as well. Yeah, it's I got a bunch of things I can year. say about him too. It's going to be hard this year to pick a coach of the year. I, I don't think so. It's Kahari so, Jones. Right well, now, I mean, yeah, he will be that. He will be on the odds-on favorite for sure. But don't forget, Dickinson and Steinhauer are both rookie head coaches. Yeah. Huh? So, you know, and mind you. And if you look at it, Kahari had the shittiest team as far as most people were concerned, but there's some great players on that team. So, but anyways, doesn't matter. Who won, Christopher? Who won what? A game. What game? The picks. Winnipeg the picks, 37, Montreal 38. The Montreal Alouettes won this game. Okay, now here's where the sad part is. Okay, here's where the sad part is. Charles picks Winnipeg to win. Will picked Montreal to win. Mark picks Winnipeg to win. And Phil picked Montreal to win. I wanted to pick Montreal. But I'm going, oh, I think Winnipeg's going to win. But, you know, I'm trying to get wins here. So I should have grabbed Montreal just for the argument's sake. And I would have been in the running. But as it was, I got a loss. So, boo. And so did Charles. And so did Mark. And Will, 32 points. Bit by 29. And you get a golden ticket for being out by 29 points. I would be embarrassed. No, actually, I'd be happy I got the win no matter well, what. Well, no, I, I'm i happy because I got to stay ahead of you now because you had two points this week. But you didn't <laughs> get the golden ticket. I know. Phil I did. didn't. I know Phil, Phil did. Phil got the golden ticket, so he moves up another notch. He's uh, just putting some distance between him and Charles. Okay, you got to realize that uh, Phil missed a game, too. Was it one game or two games? Whatever. Okay. So the final game of the week... The final game of the week saw the BC Lions going into Ottawa for their home-and-home series, home-and-away, with uh, the Red Blacks. So we had the Lions and the Red Blacks. Okay, now, we get accused of not talking about Eastern teams enough, so we're going to talk about the Red Blacks and how absolutely pathetic their team was in this game. They ended up with seven points. That was not a touchdown. That was two field goals in a rouge. Okay, it just looks promising, and it wasn't. And I really think those seven points flattered this team. 
because they were just disgusting and despicable. And how does Rick Campbell still have a job? How does Marcel Desjardins still have I don't know how Desjardins has a job after he let his team explode in the offseason. I, I don't understand that. If I was the owners of that team, I would have toasted his ass so fast, made your head spin. I don't care what he's done in the past. I don't care that he's got you a great cup, everything else. That was all in the beginning during expansion rules when you didn't have a salary cap. And now that he has to play by the rules of every other team, he's losing his ass. Uh, Ottawa is disgusting. It's despicable. Okay, um, that's kind of the way that I'm going to see this one. So, Will, you picked a 50-burger for this team for the BC Lions. I'm really impressed with that. But um, what do you think of this game? Well, you, you forced me into that one, too. So, um, But actually, but it was, a 50-burger was, was more realistic for this team. You know what? I watched as much of this game as I could, but... Ottawa decided not to come <laughs> to the game and they let BC Lions on the field by themselves. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? BC looks really, really good against Ottawa. I am curious to see how they're going to look against other teams. Like but Montreal overall, next week. Well, no, but overall, um, their offensive line is playing way better. I guarantee that. Their offensive line is playing way better. Their running game, I mean, did you guys see that John White touchdown where it was on the 5 or 10-yard line? And, like, he jogged through the line into the end zone. The hole was that big. It was ginormous. It honestly looked like the Red Blacks had already started walking back to their sideline. Really, like, I have never seen a touchdown scored like that. He literally jogged through the line. He, he he took off fast, and then he slowed down and jogged into the end zone. I was like, yeah, nobody's going to touch me. Okay. I think he was I think he was confused. I'm thinking he was probably thinking to himself, where the hell is everybody? He, he thought there was a whistle he missed or something. But, yeah, so um, Mike Riley, Mike Riley looks like Mike Riley. Um, when he gets time, he'll pick anybody apart. There's no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, let's let's see if BC really believes. And they play Montreal next week. So hey, is that in BC? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm curious to see how they look. Okay. So. Um... What do we got? What happened in this game here? We had Deron Carter threw a pass for 67 yards. Okay, now let's let's go back and look at this. Uh, who did he throw this pass to? He uh, threw Shaq it to Johnson. Shaq Johnson. Shaq Johnson. So Shaq Johnson, 37 yards. So there was not he did a lot of yak. It's hard to tell because you can't tell how many yak yards are on that play because he caught two other balls. But he ended up with 160 yards, so I have to believe that most of that yak yards are on the other two catches. So Duran aired this thing out. Okay, he aired it out and scored a touchdown. Then it was like almost the next play, he goes off and catches the ball for a touchdown, and it's just like, wow, he caught one ball the entire game for 15 yards and a TD. It 
do you not think that you should be throwing the ball to him a little bit more often? Now, I could never have said that all year because they were throwing the ball to him way more than Brian Burnham, and he caught shit. Okay, he caught all year. But amazing what this guy – I think they've woken up Deron Carter. Last two games, three games, Deron Carter's been awake, and he is playing football. And I'm kind of happy about it. I like I I just want to see all these other mouthpieces around the league and in the Facebook groups to shut the fuck up because everybody is just trashing Duran. And we have I have said from the beginning that this is one of the most talented football players, talented receivers in this league. BC has two of the best receivers in this league. Carter just hasn't showed it this year. But if they've woken him up, oh boy. It's going to be hard to cover Burnham and Carter with Mike Riley throwing the ball. It's pretty exciting. Now that we got an O line that's kind of playing football, I'm happy about this. Um, Charles, talk football. So now in three games in a row, only three sacks given up. They gave up one on Saturday. That's still so much better than what it was. Um... They've given up fewer sacks in the last three games than they did the two before that by a considerable amount. Um, normally in a home-and-home, home, a lot of times you'll see the sec- in the second part of a home-and-home, home, uh, the team that lost the first game will win because, you know, they want to uh, make up for the loss and they want to show kind of show the team that beat them that, you know, they're in their class. Not only did the Red Blacks not win the second game, they got beaten considerably worse on their home field. Boy, it's hard to be an Ottawa fan. Um, Ottawa fans got to keep thinking to themselves, what the hell happened? We were playing for the Grey Cup less than a year ago, and now this is what we got? Did you see the paper um, bags? Yeah, oh, God, yeah, with the lumberjack. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, just shows to go how effective and how deadly Mike Riley can be when he gets protection because he was fantastic in this game, only missing on six passes. Uh, Deron Carter had half the passing yardage that Jonathan Jennings did, but that was on one completion as compared to eight. And pretty bad when uh, Jonathan Jennings can only complete eight passes in almost three quarters. And the weirdest part for me, I didn't know what Rick Campbell was doing because he pulls Jonathan Jennings when it looked like he was somewhat getting into a bit of a rhythm. They had gone down with probably their best drive of the game. It results in a field goal, and then Rick Campbell pulls them. That I didn't get at that point. You would have thought he would have at least let him into one uh, series after that just to see if there's anything else there. Um, God, the Ottawa Red Blacks are a bad football team. They really are. We'll talk about that more later because I don't want to dwell on that. Uh, A big game for Shaq Johnson, who is kind of one of the more disappointing Lions I've had this year. I thought he was going to have a much bigger year uh, than uh, he's having. Well, I I mean, I can say that for the entire team, but uh, he had a huge game in this one. Brian Burnham goes over 1,000 yards again. I believe that's the fourth straight year. Uh, he had 135 yards and a touchdown. 
Odell Willis gets sack number 100 in his career. So good for him. He was all excited about that. So, yeah, right now, I wish we could play Ottawa every week because these games are fun. Um, Okay, so the Lions, they've got some confidence about them now. They've won two games in a row. They're happy now. We've got to see what happens next week. They're going up the to play, actually, Montreal's coming here uh, off that big comeback in Winnipeg or against Winnipeg. Uh, But the Lions, last time they played them, they lost to Montreal, but not by much. It was only a six-point game. So this one's a very interesting one coming up next week. But uh, a good performance for the Lions this week. One thing I'll note that has kind of gotten lost with the kind of the the Lions – uh, woes this year is just what a great season Sergio Castillo is having. I believe he's now 26 of 28. So he's only missed on two field goals this year, and he was perfect again uh, in this one here, uh, I believe. Yeah, yeah, four for four again this week. This week, So he's having an outstanding year kicking the ball. He was a great pickup for the Lions. So a big win for the Lions it's been a nice couple weeks for Lions fans, uh, so we'll, let's see if uh, they can keep it rolling next week against Montreal at home. Sergio Castillo has the best record in the CFL in percentage for field goal kicks That's this what year. I thought. Yep. Okay. And uh, uh, actually even better than Lewis Ward. Yeah, he missed it. Lewis Ward missed one of this games. How's that for a kind of a symbol of how the Red Black season is going? Lewis yeah. Ward misses a field goal, which almost never happens. Yeah, so he's missed three this year, and Sergio's only missed two. And, uh, yeah, they're they're close. They're close. And, actually, the yep. other guy in there that's really close is uh, Tyler Carpeña over in Toronto. Yep. He's over 90% accuracy. Okay. William. Yes. Yes. He already went on this game. game. Did you already talk about this game? He oh, okay. Well, everybody yeah, else. I was I was yeah. going to mention to you guys, you're talking about BC too much. People are going to complain tomorrow, so you got to stop it. No, I we're not talking care. about BC. We're talking about Ottawa. No, no, we're talking you're about talking Ottawa about BC right now. too much. No, 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 Come no, no. On. We're talking about Ottawa right now. Ottawa Red Blacks mm. and played the BC Lions, and Ottawa lost. And everything about Ottawa, and Ottawa was terrible. And Ottawa, Ottawa did, sucked. And, 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 yeah, Ottawa sucked. Lewis Ward missed a field goal. He, he plays for Ottawa. So, you know, no, we're and not Ottawa, Ottawa, not and Ottawa. And Ottawa better go back, better go after one of those quarterbacks this spring cause, or this fall which, because. Which one? They need a quarterback. Who are they well, going to get? Jeremiah Mazzoli? Jeremiah Mazzoli, Dane Evans, Nick Arbuckle, um, you name it. It's better than what they have now. Do they have one now? No, no, I don't think they have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. No, 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 no. They don't have a quarterback right now. Sorry, I'm, I'm not. Buy, I'm not accepting that one at all. Okay, I so, didn't watch the. I didn't watch the entire game. Who did they stick in, uh, Charles? After they pulled, they Jennings? put it in the third stringer, Will Arndt. Oh, yeah. okay. And how did he do? Uh, not not great. better. He was okay. He was six of eleven. He had a better completion percentage in Jennings, fifty-four to forty-seven. He was 6 of 11 for 61 yards and an interception. Hmm. You know, not not bad for the first time he saw the turf. Yep. 
I'm just surprised. I thought even... they were, he was coming in after halftime. He should have at that point because they were already pretty much dead and buried by then. Well, okay. there you go. Okay, so final score here was the BC Lions 40, 40 Ottawa Red Blacks, of, right? The, the Red Blacks, that's that Eastern team, right? The Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, seven. Okay, we've already established that. That's two field goals and at Rouge. Okay, so let's see what's going on here. Will, you picked the BC Lions. You put a 50-burger up there, but you kind of overestimated Ottawa by too much. You're off by 18 mm-hmm. points. Mark was off by 21. Phil was off by 24. Charles, you get a golden ticket being off by 10 points. You picked a BC 38, Ottawa 15. You picked the same score Will had for 15. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're out by 10 points, so you get the golden ticket. Wait, wait, what is this? CJ gets another golden ticket tied with Charles with 10 points. I picked the BC oh, line 42. That's not right. Who's the, who did the scorekeeping here? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is exactly right. You went too high on BC, two two points too high, and I went no, I went two points too high, and you went two points too low. We both picked yep. fifteen points each for for Ottawa. Yeah, that's right. How, how yep. much was I out by? A- Eighteen. Well. Oh, okay. You you're ten points off of the uh, the the BC score. How, how is well, what was BC's final score? Forty. You said fifty. Two. I picked fifty, so I was ten points off there. Yeah, and you said fifteen for Ottawa, and you're and that's off by eight points. By eight. Oh, yeah. what did they have? What did they have? They, I thought seven. they had Okay. They got seven. Okay. You picked fifteen. Right. I didn't watch the end of the game because I was bored. So. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, I got three picks correct this week. Three that doubles my entire season. I am now at six points for the year, six wins for the year. I'm only two behind Will. Only two behind Will. I could catch Will in the next week. Oh, my God. I thought my season was over, and it is just, you know what? Well, you're not supposed to take your foot off the throats. You said that, okay? You're taking the foot off the throat, and CJ we're, is we're so far We're so far behind everybody else, it doesn't matter. Come on, don't be like that. Don't be like that. I could, I could catch Mark. <laughs> yeah, and BC could make the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I'm I'm looking at Let's Talk CFL Facebook group here, okay? And there's this guy on there uh, who we all know named Todd Mogie, okay? And he's got a post there from five hours ago, and it says, Bombers did not get beat by Montreal. Bombers beat themselves, okay? Now, if, if the Bombers beat themselves, wouldn't they have got the W? What? Wouldn't they have got the W? Because they beat themselves. So they would win. They would get the win. They'd get the loss, but they'd also get the win. Montreal really is irrelevant. You know what the scariest thing is? Our buddy Phil last week made a comment that he thought Winnipeg was the team that was going down. Yes, he did. Have you guys have you guys seen Winnipeg's schedule? 
It's scary. It's tough. They got a tough schedule for the rest of the season. They do. It's scary. And considering they don't have a quarterback, it's scary. Well, next next week they're playing Hamilton, which is the number one team in the league or up there. Uh huh. Right? And then, then they play Montreal. Play, no, then they play Saskatchewan. Right. <laughs> and they play Saskatchewan. Then they play Montreal, and then they play Calgary, and then they and play Calgary. Calgary. And then they play. They have a bye, and that's it. Right. They buy for the last week of the season. So they have a pretty tough schedule coming down the, the, the last slope here. And I'm looking at, you know, Edmonton Edmonton gets to play Ottawa next week. That's going to be a tough game, eh? Who, who are you going to pick for that one? Edmonton-Ottawa. Edmonton-Ottawa. Okay. Edmonton BC has play, a quarterback. I don't know. B, BC plays um, Montreal next week, and then they play Toronto, and then they play Edmonton. And uh, then they play Saskatchewan. That's going to be a tough game. Uh, then BC has a bye in week 20. And then they play Calgary, which is – Calgary, it's going to be a mean-nothing game to Calgary. Uh, BC could definitely – could, with the exception of one game in here, win out. They have to. They have to. Yeah, they they have literally to. They, have to. they literally have to. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're looking at the standings here. And uh, BC has three wins. And they have five games left. So if they win out five games, four games, then they will be seven wins, and Edmonton is at six. So Edmonton can't really – if they win two games right now, BC's done. If Edmonton wins yeah. two games, BC's toast. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, that's our magic numbers, two. Any any number of Edmonton wins or BC losses. Okay, so that's that. That's it. this is the thing. CJ got three wins this week. Did you see that? Did you guys have the sheet? Did you print it out? I should frame this. It looks so good. The, all you those orange have it really bars. Ooh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> okay, at least I didn't swear at you. Okay, so the the next segment here. Okay, we're going to talk about. Vernon Adams Jr. Okay, kind of alluded to this in 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 the beginning of the the show. Got into an altercation with Adam Big Hill. So Vernon Adams throws an interception. Okay. So Winnipeg catches the ball and is running it back. Adam Big Hill is blocking the quarterback. The quarterback is trying to tackle this guy because he threw an interception. For some reason, they they really take these things personal, and they try to tackle the, the, the running back. Although, any quarterback that tries to tackle anybody should get a slap, okay? Because that's how quarterbacks usually get hurt. I remember Dave yep. Dickens you know, taking You never, you never see Bo hand. trying to make a tackle, do you? <laughs> no, no. Bo never <laughs> makes tries to Oh, you, 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 interception? Bye-bye. Pick six? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, hey, I'm Bye-bye now. So <laughs> Vernon Adams tries to make the tackle, okay? Big Hill blocks him. And they get into a bit of an altercation. And granted, Vernon Adams kind of, what are we going to say, face mask, okay? Which we know is a 15-yard penalty, and he got called for it. Yeah. Okay? And he kind of tore off the helmet. Uh, well, actually, I don't think he really tore up the helmet. He kind of got called him by the face mask, and then Adam Big Hill tipped over, and he, because he's so heavy, 
and he, he, he just fell out of his helmet. Okay. So Vernon Adams has the helmet in the face guard in his fingers in there. And if that's not, you know, a flag flying in the air for face mask, I don't know what is when the helmet's no longer on the defender and you've got it in your hand. That's, that's, that's like evidence. Yeah. <laughs> it's evidence. Okay. You, you don't get away with that shit. And then Adam Big Hill comes at him. Now here's where I think Adam Big Hill should have got a penalty because once you lose your helmet, you're not supposed to be continuing the play. Okay. Now, Adam Big Hill continued to be a defender, even without his helmet. And, Adam, and Vernon Adams was just defending himself with whatever he had, which happened to be Adam Big Hill's helmet, and Adam got hit in the face and, and, and took exception to this. And I understand that, but should, should, should Adam Big Hill not have got a penalty? I mean, you know, just I'm throwing that out there. What do you guys think? Well, no, I mean, I mean, Vernon Adams should have got the penalty for the helmet, which he did. Yes. I didn't see him throwing it. He was just trying to give Adam Big Hill his helmet back. Come on. Adam. Yeah. Nice. But but Adam Big Hill continued the play. Right. He didn't just say, oh, I've lost the helmet, you know, called no joy. And, and, and step back because that's what you're supposed to do. When you lose your helmet, you're no longer allowed to play football. But he continued to play and, and, and harassed Vernon Adams and, and, and went in an abusive manner. And I, I think he should have got a penalty for that. Yeah, okay. I'm actually looking at it right now. I'm looking at the play right now. Put the um, link up in, our it up in our Pardon? group here. Put the link up in our group. The play- so I don't Let's have to go hunt link up. Link in our our, our our chat. Okay, I can do. Uh, I think I can do that. I don't know. I'm just trying to. You think? I've got the video, but how do I link it? it? The link is on Twitter, so I'm just trying to figure out how to copy the link. I should be able to do it here. But anyways, so it goes down. He definitely ripped, the helmet comes off. He has like two handfuls of the helmet there. And they go to the ground, but at that point the play is basically over. So I don't really think Adam Big Hill was really blocking. He did get up and start pushing him around a little bit, but then it does look like Vernon Adams swings the helmet at him. So I don't know. He definitely was pushing him a little bit. That that's clear. But I think the play. I don't think he was still blocking because the play was pretty much over because pretty much everybody else had stopped moving at that point too. If you look, he's down. But I mean, you you can't swing a helmet at a guy. Uh, with a I mean, whether it comes up or not, that that's super dangerous. But I mean, yeah, he was Big Hill was kind of getting on him there for sure. But it looked like the play it was basically over once they went to the ground anyways because everybody else stopped moving. So I'm just trying to um, how do I make a copy of this? I'll have to copy the actual tweet, I guess. Okay. So, um hmm. Do you want to put it in the Facebook group or do you want me to put it in the in the chat there. Just our chat. Just oh, so okay. that I, I can, can look at it right, like right now. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna post a link to it's the Twitter link and then if you click on it it'll take you there and you can watch the video. There, I just posted it. It should come up here. Okay. I I, I know I saw it earlier, but I just Because mm-hmm. if you look when they go to the ground pretty much everybody else has stopped moving at that point. They're slowing down and looking and then he just kind of swings with both hands 
I don't know if he made contact with them, mind you. It's hard to tell because uh, 92, they're never for the Bombers kind of gets in the way, so you don't really see what well, happens. You, but. you know, when, when the court – okay, if you look at this thing, Vernon yeah. Adams is down on the ground, right? Right. And then Adams – and the play's over. As you, If you say the play is over because everybody else is just kind of standing around, Adam yeah. Big Hill jumped on him. Yeah, no, that's what I said. He did go, go kind of go aggressively at him. Right? And then Vernon Adams is just defending himself against this big thug, mm-hmm. this bully. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I Personally, uh, you know, Vernon Adams may get t- uh, disciplined out of this. Uh, but, you know, the people who are calling him for, for uh, uh, to get expelled from the game, I don't know. I don't know. At what point in time was that? They were down by 13 this points. Was ger- this was during the comeback, too. Yeah. Although, this is where it looked like it had died because the Alouettes had thrown an interception. Mm-hmm. But they were resilient after that. And now, Adam Bayhill is claiming on Twitter that uh, he got hit in the face with the helmet. I mean, that I can't tell because, quite frankly, the guy, like I said, the other guys are in well, the way. And you can't really see angle, it. Yeah. 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 Did you see it? Well, you saw it, what, right, Will? Are you watching it now yeah, at all or I did. no? I'm, I'm, no. I'm fast-forwarding it on my TV because I saved the game. I just want to okay. watch it in slow-mo the whole thing and see what exactly happens because I was too into the game to even notice because I thought that was it for Montreal. Yeah, that looked like the nail in the coffin at that point. Yeah, yeah I, they were down by 13 points at that at, at that time, I believe. I, I read yep, that yep. somewhere. So, and they're coming back, and they throw an interception, which is kind of bad. Yeah. So yeah, and, you, but, know, uh, even you know, threw, even when he threw that interception, man, there was still tons of time left over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah and, oh. I'm pretty sure he got flagged for it too. He did get a 15-yard penalty. If he I'm got not a 15-yard roughing penalty. Yeah. But you got a question. I mean, should he have got that roughing penalty? Did you see what Adam Big Hill did to him after the game? Pounded him into the ground. I mean, Adam should have got flagged for that. They probably both could have been flagged for unnecessary roughness. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He, he should have been. He does. Yeah, because he goes down and he does, and the play looks like over, and then he just starts crawling on top of him, uh, which could have been a flag for unnecessary roughness. And then, of course, there's a swing of the helmet. It's a tough one there. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. And Adam Hill, Big Hill tries to block him. He pulls his helmet off. And then he throws it because Big Hill was staying on top of him. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't going to let him up. He wasn't going to let him up. But And Vernon Adams did tell everybody it was his mistake. He shouldn't have yeah. done that. But actually, so. two of Big Hill's teammates actually have to pull him off of Vernon Adams. Yeah. 
I mean, if someone's going to try and block me, I'm going to try and get by him whichever way I can. And he yeah. literally pulls him down by the helmet, and then he swings the helmet at him because yeah. because Big Hill wouldn't get off. Mm-hmm. So, you but know I don't what? know if you I can justify know. swinging the helmet at a guy when he's no, on, you can't. Even though he's you on can't. top of you, I mean, you can't really justify it. That, but that doesn't mean that um, Big Hill should not have been. And Big I mean, what was Big Hill's flag? What was Big Hill's problem, anyways? His head, his head is made of cement, anyways. So come on. No. Jeez. Like, if you want to be a man, why don't you try and block a, a defensive lineman or something, or a offensive lineman? Don't go after the quarterback. Come on. Anyways, whatever. And if I'm Kahari Jones, I tell Vernon Adams never to try and tackle the runner, okay? Because you're going to yeah. get hurt, and they can't Agreed. afford to get him hurt. Yeah, just uh, agree. Yeah. But if that was Bo Levi, he's already on the bench, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his helmet off already. He's on the bench. He's having a Gatorade. He's relaxed. He's chill. <laughs> I'll get it back next time, Coach. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna mention to you guys that I think the Stampeders have the best offensive line in the CFL because nobody touches nobody touches Bo Levi. I, you know, I've said that. I don't know how many times I've said that. Bo Levi Mitchell can have a, a lawn chair and a cooler of beer back there. And, and, and yeah, they, nothing's going to happen. And then he can get up I mean, after his I, third beer and throw the ball. I mean, it does have something to do with his – he does – I know he doesn't run, but he is fantastic at moving in the pocket. He steps up. He steps around. He does all kinds of things. But uh, nobody touches him. And maybe the other thing is his quick release, a la Anthony and Calvary. Okay? So. Yeah, yeah. I know. And you know my opinion of that, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, being alone, I, I am gaining respect for Mitchell's play at, in as a quarterback in this league, okay, he's he's actually gaining a little bit of respect and acknowledge, and I'm acknowledging that right now. Get just you know you can like replay this later, Will, so you can hear it over and over again. Uh, he's he's playing some good football this year, okay. You know where you it, know, it's not necessarily the team. You know what what I think has happened, and I and I didn't think. I would be saying this about him, and we talk about it all the time, how guys get mature. He has matured this year because he's also not flapping his lips either. No. Like, even even his interviews are better, okay? So I don't know what's changed, but he's definitely he's definitely the leader of this team. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And the team is better with him there. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so let's move on here. What do we got? Uh, uh, Randy Ambrosi is talking about CFL 2.0 Phase 2. CFL 2.2? I don't know. He called it CFL 2.0 Phase 2, whatever that means. I I know, but 
you know, isn't that what the 2.0 means? That is the second version. Now, so 2.2 2. Like 2. would be one or anything. 2.1 would be phase one or phase two. You know, it's kind of an iffy thing. I think 2.0 would be the planning stage. 2.1 would be the actual uh, execution, and 2.2 would be phase two. Uh, I don't know. I'm just making this shit up. It sounds good. Uh, so I did not read this article. Uh, what's what did he talk about? Should I go read it? Is it worthy? I don't really like Randy Ambrosi. I wouldn't have never guessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like him. He's an idiot. Okay, so I guess I have to go get this thing because nobody's stepping up in this group right now and talking about this. I'm I'm good. I'm good with not talking about this whatsoever. So, <laughs> well, basically, he's talking about. Um, Next year with uh, global player quotas doubling for next season, so I guess we're going to get more international players and so on. There's talk, of course, of uh, maybe CFL exhibition games and so on being played down in Mexico and then maybe expanding it with more more countries and so on. And they're going to have more more combines again this year, Mexican combine, European combine. Etc. Etc. It's basically just more of an expansion of what they're already doing. Okay. So how is that revolutionary? It's not it's really. Especially, especially when you have some teams sucking wind, and we should be concentrating on getting those people fans. You mean like like owners in, owners in Montreal would be a good start. Yeah, owners in, in BC maybe might be a new another owner in BC. That's kind of his um, business. Yeah, yeah. Maybe figure out a yeah. way to get more than ten thousand people in the building in Toronto. Just saying, uh-huh. might be getting, nice. Yeah. Getting um, ten thousand. Whatever they at ninety one hundred the other day. Ni- ninety eight hundred. Ninety eight hundred. That's sad. You know, talk to more foreign leagues. I don't know. I mean, I know what they're trying to do with this whole thing and trying to globalize it, but I'm not sure you can call it all that much of a of a success because I mean, you brought in um, these these two extra players on each team and stuff like that, but I mean, they really haven't done much of anything. It's been almost more window dressing. Now, I know that they've gotten, I think, some TV co- expanded TV coverage down in Mexico and stuff like that. I'm not sure exactly how much of the bottom line that's making, but I don't know. It's They're trying, you know, but I don't know if it's just wasting their time. What happens if the NFL decides that, oh, we should promote these markets? They're going to peel $100 million off their bankroll and they're going to hit it big time, and it'll wipe the CFL in Mexico out completely. Yeah, that'll be the end of 2.0 in, in a blink of an eye. Absolutely. Absolutely, if they ever have a desire to do it. Money talks, everybody else listens, okay? I just, yeah. He's such a waste of time with this stuff. I'm sorry. Just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's all that much of a, a, a stretch to say that, though, because, um, I mean, really, how has it really improved? I mean, 
I, I guess we don't have any Mexican TV numbers or anything like that, but I mean, I just don't know if it's really making any headway. I mean, I know they're trying to do stuff. I just don't know if it's really the right, if it's really the right um, thing I to be do doing. Believe, I do believe the stamp feeders Mexican import caught a pass the other night for the first time this season, but it was called back on a penalty, so it doesn't count. Oh boy! I think his name is Sandoval or something like that. Maybe there should be a 2.0 rule that penalties don't wipe out receptions by, I don't know. Oh, Jesus, did uh, you honestly just say that, Charles? That was tongue-in-cheek. I, I obviously didn't mean that. That, that would just be a mockery. In a biblical capacity. Uh, oh, my good Lord. Okay, I, I, I've had enough of this CFL 2.0. I mean, I'd rather talk about I'd rather talk about Halifax than Mexico, to be honest with you. Cool, let's go there. No, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about Halifax. We could talk no, about I Halifax and how pathetic it is. You know, somebody says, well, why are you guys always picking on Halifax? And I'm going, like, you want a list? How do you want that list? Do you want it chronological or alphabetical or what? Because it's, it's it's huge. There's a, a plethora of reasons be, why we be, don't want a team in Halifax. Because ever since this Halifax stuff started, they started talking about it. The first thing I said on day one was, "Show me a stadium," and they still haven't done that. No, they That's haven't why done I'm that. Picking and, on it. Yeah, you, you know what? Okay, let's just for a second here. We're going to talk about Halifax. We just just change the agenda here. Okay, let's That's put fine. aside the fact that they don't have a stadium. Let's put aside the fact that they really don't have any fan support and haven't proved that they have, okay? They haven't sold any pre-season tickets to this fictitious team. They haven't done anything. They haven't even broke any records with T-shirt sales, okay? And they've been selling mm-hmm. T-shirts for this team, okay? So just let, let's put that aside and just, you know, okay, let's just – we're, we're going to ignore that part. Why don't I like Halifax as a team? There is not a Western city that has a football team that has a direct flight to Halifax. That means that every team has to change planes in Toronto. Okay? So you're dealing with, and we're going to use Vancouver as an example. Vancouver to Toronto is a five-hour flight. And now you're talking about putting another three hours on top of that by the time you change planes, get up in the air, and get over to another. So you're talking about an eight-hour flight. It's actually shorter time frame to fly from Vancouver to London, England, than it is to fly to Halifax. Okay, So why don't we put a team in London, England? It would make more sense. At least that would CFL 2.0 is what that's all we're talking about here. Um, okay, so again, so that means that uh, then, you know, maybe the Lions should charter a plane. Well, that just adds cost because some team is too far away. Okay, now, four time zones. Time zones are important in the CFL. Ask Montreal when they have to come to play Vancouver at 7 o'clock on a Friday night. Well, that was okay? the point I was going to bring up because we always used to hear Eastern teams complain about having to come out here and play this 
the uh, seven uh, the seven thirty local time or seven o'clock local time. They're like, well, it starts at ten a.m. Well, what time if the Lions go play in Halifax? It's going to be starting what at two thirty in the afternoon or something? No, it's going to be breakfast. Um, yeah. Okay. So now you're, you're talking about Halifax, which is another hour further. It's going to come out here and play football on a Friday night at seven o'clock. So their kickoff is actually at what? Eleven o'clock at night. Over till two in the morning for them. And that's you know, sounds good. Okay, so that means Halifax is going to come out to the West Coast and never win a football game. Montreal's record in BC, it's terrible. You look at Toronto's record in BC, it's terrible. Even Ottawa doesn't have a great record in BC. Okay, we're talking Eastern teams here, right? They don't win in BC. Why? Because it's the time zone changes too much for them. Okay. Now, granted, BC doesn't play that well. Okay, but I think that's because they go partying too much. I think that's the problem with most teams when they go to Montreal. Montreal advantage too good a nightlife. Okay, so Fax is just that much further in in time and distance. Okay, it's not good for the league. I love the concept of having a tenth team in the CFL. Absolutely love it. I need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. Okay, ten teams makes it an eighteen game schedule, and you have nine opponents means that you play a home and an away game with every team in the league. There's no divisional advantage. There's no nothing. You play every single team twice. Okay, that's your eighteen game schedule. It couldn't get more fair. You know, then we, we as sports fans in Western Division, stop whining about Eastern teams padding their record by being beating weak Eastern teams because Hamilton gets to play Ottawa three times and gets three victories out of it, right? So because everybody's going to play Hamilton or Ottawa the exact same amount of times, and Ottawa gets to lose to the same teams all over the place. So that, to me, a 10th team in the CFL is awesome. Do I think that 10th team should be in Halifax? Absolutely fucking not. Just There's no way that it should be in Halifax. I personally think it should be in London, Ontario. I like the concept of Windsor, Ontario being really close to Detroit because we have a lot of CFL fans in America in the Detroit area, and that would be a very powerful and strong franchise. London, Ontario would be a very cool city to have a CFL team. Big football town there, and uh, they could do this. I think Southern Ontario is where the next CFL team should be. It should not be in Halifax. I don't know if anybody's actually working on that. I know at one point in time they were trying to get a, a CFL team in Windsor. Uh, the, actually, they, they wanted the team in Windsor, and they were actually going to play their games in Detroit at the old, um, what was that stadium that looked just like Silverdome? Silverdome. Silverdome. But now Silverdome's collapsed and gone blew away. blew that up. Blew it up. That's, that's gone. So that, that pipe dream is over. But um, I, I like the concept of a 10th CFL team. Putting in Halifax is just stupid. Do you know, if you put a t- uh, if they went and got, right now got approval to build a stadium in Halifax, I think the legislative assembly and city council would get lynched. I mean, Halifax, right now they have, 
and they're going to go spend a couple hundred million dollars building a stadium? There's too many people out there that would not be very happy with that concept. Well, how do you do that? How do you do that to people that are around you? Think that this is good for the economy and we'll get lots of people working? You're an idiot. The thing that I can't get over is Randy Ambrose keeps on talking about the rivalry that will develop between the left coast and the right coast. And I'm thinking, no, it's too far away. There's not going to be a rivalry. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to rush Canada, off. People in Eastern Canada don't care what people in Western Canada are doing and vice versa. Okay, like, wow. Do you, do you know what a it's rivalry is in the CFL? A rivalry is when Calgary and Edmonton play each other, and Edmonton gets on a jump on a bus, and they drive down yes. to Calgary and watch a football game. Yes. And then they play this yes. week in Edmonton, and the fans from Calgary jump on a bus, and they go up to Edmonton, and they watch yes. the team. Okay. And what about Winnipeg and Regina? How many fans? Saskatchewan, same thing. The same thing. Toronto, Hamilton, same thing. They're closer yep. than anybody, any other teams. That's yep. what a rivalry is. A rivalry yep. is not Vancouver and Halifax. I know. I get it. I understand, but I, yeah, I don't and think they, he does. Yeah, I've tried to hear people say that, oh, yeah, that'll be the new Labor Day rivalry. Two teams separated by thousands of miles. Yes, Christopher, Christopher, a big rivalry. Christopher and Charles are going to take the plane to Halifax to watch the Labor Day game. And, oh, wait a minute, there's no direct flight, so they're not going to make it back to BC for the second game, okay? <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Um, yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous to even contemplate this as a rivalry between BC and Halifax. It's idiotic to even be contemplating putting a team in Halifax. It's the stupidest thing I've heard in in years. And I've been, I have been saying this before these morons decided that they were going to put a team in Halifax. Everybody kept saying, "Well, we should have a team in Halifax." No, we should not have a team in Halifax. There's a plethora of reasons why we shouldn't have a team in Halifax. I mean, even this this um, touchdown Atlantic we had this year proved that that support wasn't there. I could rant on that for an hour. Let's not. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Ricky Ray added to the Eskimos Wall of Fame, Wall of Honor. Deservedly so. Mm-hmm. He was also added to the Toronto Argonauts Wall of Honor. And deservedly so. Deservedly so. Uh, I don't know how many players are actually on two different teams' walls of honor. Not that many, I don't think. What happened before? I probably have. I just don't know where. The only thing I could think of would be Doug Flutie. I'm sure Doug Flutie is on a bunch of walls. The Calgary's? I do believe so, yes. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's a rarity, and it, it's a, a, a an honor without question to be uh, on one, never mind two. Uh, mm-hmm. 
yes, he's very deserving of, of this. Here's the good question there. Do we know him more of an as an Eskimo or do we know him more as an Argo? <laughs> I personally always think of Ricky Ray as an Eskimo. I think it does you And I think of him I think of him as an Argo. And the best thing that ever happened was that he moved out of Alberta. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys started to win the Labor Day games then. There you go. Mm-hmm. Charles, just, what's your the one thing there? The one thing I just think of uh, with Ricky Ray is just the, the one season where he kind of defied all the odds, stayed healthy, and won the Grey Cup that one year. I mean, that was... To me, that was his best season uh, as a pro. He, he may have had better numbers in, in other seasons and so on, but that team was a team that wasn't really expected to go anywhere. And most people thought that Ricky Ray should have retired that season uh, because he had all, was already so banged up. And he played all 18 games and led a team that a lot of people didn't think would make the playoffs to win the Grey Cup. So... That's one of the things that I remember most about Ricky Ray. But right behind that is the 2005 Grey Cup where he helped the Eskimos win. So I'm kind of back and forth on him. I I could see a case for both because uh, of some of the uh, – because he, he had great moments with both franchises. Well, you, you were at the 2005 Grey Cup, were you not? Yes, I was. Right, so that's kind of very memorable for you because it, it yes. personally, cause there was a personal experience right. involved in that one. Um, but the, 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 the 2017 season where he he won the Grey Cup and he, he wasn't expected to was pretty bloody amazing. Uh, yep. But I always I always think him in, in the green and gold. I I'm sorry, I just I just going okay. It was an Edmonton Eskimo. It's kind of like Wayne Gretzky. Do you think of Wayne Gretzky as an uh, an Edmonton Oiler? What do you think of him as a uh, who? Who do he play for? L.A. Kings. L.A. Kings or St. Louis Blues, New York Rangers? No, I think of him as an Oiler. That He's was an oiler. his best. Yeah, but, those were his best years. Yeah, but you know, with Ricky Ray, you think of him. You think of a guy winning championships. He won two in Edmonton and how many in Toronto? One. So. One. 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 Just one. Yeah, I thought he only won one in Toronto. Oh yeah, no, won, or did he win? No, Tw- uh, twenty. He won two, twenty twelve or whatever. Or uh, uh, the year when they had it in Toronto, he won two as an uh, Argo. That's right. That's right. He did. You're right. So, um, so he won a pair so in Edmonton me, and a pair. I mean, when you use the Gretzky comparison, Gretzky didn't wear that championship anywhere else, right? That's the oh. thing is he only his only championships came in Toronto. No, in Edmonton as the an Oiler. Excuse me, Edmonton. My my mistake. Because I don't when I don't played, remember Wayne Gretzky ever playing for the Maple Leafs. He he never did. Oh, and, okay. and he played nine years in Edmonton and seven years in Toronto for Ricky Ray. And oh. two championships in each city. It definitely split his 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 career, right? Almost mm-hmm. evenly in those two cities. I still see him as an Edmonton Eskimo, just as I see Bobby Orr as a Boston Bruin. Yep. yep. 
But also, too, if you look at it, he played many more games with Edmonton because a lot of his seasons in Toronto were injury-shortened. Yes. In fact, uh, only one was significantly shortened by injury in Edmonton, and that was 2007 when he only played 13 games as opposed to 18. In fact, the only he never played a full 18 games in Toronto. What about 2017? He played only in 17 games. I think they actually sat him in the final game. That wasn't because of injury. I think he sat. They sat him in the final game of the regular season to rest him for the playoffs. But he never actually played a full 18 games. Okay. I think you would probably lean towards Edmonton. But I could see a case for Toronto as well. Uh, I mean, he, he said that when in, in his speech was that he always considered himself an Eskimo. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, have you looked at auto, at Toronto who would consider themselves an Argonaut? Not this year, they wouldn't want to. No. Does no. most does most of the population in Toronto know who Ricky Ray is? I doubt it. No, I don't think so. They're, I'm not sure that most of the population in Toronto knew who the Argos are. Period. Uh, yeah, hard to argue that one, isn't it? Okay. Okay. So, uh, I think uh, Charles, do you consider him an Eskimo and Argo? Uh, I'm going to say an Eskimo. And Will? Argo. You think of him as an Argo, eh? That's a, okay. Well, so be it. Let's uh, move on over here to uh, James Franklin got an extended playing time versus Calgary. Is it time for the Argos to go back to him? No. No. Charles, you didn't I'm gonna bark at that. I'm going to be the dissenting voice and say yes. Why? Do you think McLeod Bethel-Thompson... That isn't allowed to have an off night. No, that's not he's, what I'm saying. But I, I he's think played they pretty good the last, last four or five games. I agree with that, but I think maybe they need to see what, if anything, they've gotten him, because they're going to have to make a decision again at the end of this season. Because I don't see both of those guys coming back. And quite frankly, James Franklin is younger than McLeod Bethel Thompson, and if they think had, that he has any days. sort of kip. And if they think they, that they he they have that he can have any sort of success as a quarterback, they need to find that out now. And to see and if not, then they they should ship him off and and uh, keep McLeod Bethel Thompson. I mean, they're not making the playoffs this year. That's obvious. So at least uh, maybe I'm not saying long term, but I think they should at least start him a game or two and see if the, he can do anything or if it's just a lost cause with him there in Toronto. Or is Toronto a lost cause and he's, they're killing a good quarterback? No, no, Toronto needs, Toronto needs to sign one of these second-string quarterbacks that are going to be free agents this year. Probably. That's probably better. That's probably a better answer. Well, I mean, that's kind of what they did with James Franklin, bringing him over from Edmonton, who was second-string behind Mike Riley, right? Yeah, it didn't work. So, so now you want to you want to sign Chris Strebler or Dane Evans or or who? 
you know, and and what are the odds that that's going to work out for you? Any different? Franklin. I mean, granted, Strebler and De- Dane Evans both got have got way more playing time than uh, James Franklin ever did behind Mike Riley. I mean, Mike Riley's the only quarterback this season that started every single game. Right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't work out well for them before. You can't just go get a quarterback. A quarterback, does a quarterback make a difference for your team? Yes, 100%. BC Lions went out and got Mike Riley. How's that done well for them this year? They went and got the best quarterback of the year of the, in the CFL, and where are they? They, they? they should be and probably will be missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you know, I, it doesn't really matter what quarterback you have in Toronto. The entire team sucks. Okay? Ottawa Red Blacks, the entire team sucks. Okay? And it's because Eastern teams don't build quality football teams, and they never have. They don't need to. And look at Montreal's going to get in the playoffs, and they'll be lucky if they get a, a 500 record. Right? Last year, the Hamilton Tiger Cats made the playoffs. They didn't have they, – they weren't at 500 football. They didn't deserve to be in the playoffs, never mind host a playoff game. I mean, how can anybody, anybody in all good conscience defend – the pathetic Eastern Division. I don't know how. I also don't see anybody arguing with me on this panel right now. Well, I mean, it's hard. I can't defend them. I mean, they're, they're, they've been terrible. And this isn't the first year. This is multiple years in a row. Decades. Where the, where the Eastern Division has been crap. Decades. It's been going on for 20 years or more. They just don't build quality football teams in the East. You'll have one good quality team, maybe two. That's it. The the crossover happens over and over and over again. People will also point out, um, will also point out, uh, well, uh, what about the Ottawa won the Grey Cup and Toronto got the Grey Cup? Blah, blah, blah. Those were teams that got hot at the right time. That didn't mean they were good teams. No, it doesn't mean that they were good teams all year round. It also means that there was only one of them in the division. What about the entire division? Let's just look at the quality of the division. Not one particular team in there. Not uh, six-string Montreal Alouettes under Anthony Calvillo winning four Grey Cups, right? I mean... No, that's one team. What was the rest of the division like at that point in time? They were garbage. Yeah, and when's the last time we had three Eastern teams in the playoffs? Well, I don't know. It's, it's been, a been a while because there's been a lot of crossovers. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Yeah. I know. And, 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 and it's happened a, a lot. And if you go into uh, – actually, Google here, do – CFL crossover history. Boom. Oh, how the cross my mouse is upside down. That's kind of weird. Feels funny. Okay. Uh, that's not it. 
Okay, the crossover rules come into effect nine out of 21 seasons. 43% of the time. Since its inception in 1996. Only three times in 11 matchups has the crossover team won a football game. Zero times has a team ever made it to the Grey Cup. We know that. Are the uh, Eskimos are the ninth team to make the playoffs by the crossover and will play in the Western Final Sunday against the Red Blacks, a loss, and they'll just be a statistic. Uh, this is the – Which they lost. Which they lost, right? Okay, here's the crossover teams in the history. The team that's crossed over the most, BC Lions. BC Lions. BC Lions. Four times? Uh, five. Five times, Okay. They did it in 97, 03, 09, 14, and 18. Saskatchewan's crossed over three times. Edmonton has crossed over three times. Winnipeg has not. Winnipeg's actually the home team in the Eastern Division, but they've never crossed over from the West. And uh, Calgary's never been that low to need a crossover position. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, four times. Four times that they've uh, beat the quarter, beat the Eastern semifinal game, but nobody's won the Eastern final. The, the CFL doesn't know what they're talking about. Does the Lions lead the way with the most appearances with four going one and four over that span? One and four mm-hmm. means that they cross over five in, times. In four appearances, they have uh, a, one, a one and four losses. That's really impressive. Yeah. I'm very impressed with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, look at the crossover. I mean, seriously, it, it's, it's pathetic the amount of times that it's happened. It's going to happen again this year. And I, I would bet money it's going to happen again next year. 2018, 2017, 2016, 2014, 2014. Didn't happen in 13, didn't 12. Okay? So since 2012, it's been five, five of, of seven. Mm-hmm. Okay? Five and seven. The last team that didn't do it was in 2015. Okay, 2015. Let's go over there really quickly to the standings. Uh, the fourth team was Winnipeg, and well, Winnipeg was pathetic that year. They had a five and thirteen record, and uh, Toronto, the third place team, was uh, ten and eight. So yeah, no, there's no way. I mean, Winnipeg didn't even have a better record than the fourth place team in the East. I mean, it. it It was very close to Montreal actually crossing over, taking out BC. BC was two games up on on Montreal, so I'm not going to say it was really close, but it was. Okay, so that's kind of what it is. Why are we picking on the Eastern Division? We're not. They're just terrible. We're not picking on them at all. Okay. We're just talking about them. Yeah, people want to talk about the East, so here we go. We're we're talking about the East because that's what happened. Okay, we only got a few minutes left. Uh, with the recent struggles, is this, the, is this the worst incarnation of the Red Blacks ever? Well, 
we've only had the Red Blacks around for a couple of years, right? Four or five years since 2014, I think they came in. And yep. the first couple, first couple of years, the first year they were terrible. They won two games. Um, this this year they've already won three, so it's impossible for them to be the worst incarnation because they were already they're already worse. They're better than the the first year, but you know the first couple of three years, I think was it three years, two years, three years, um, that they uh, they were protected from the cap, right? The the cap didn't apply to them. Didn't they win the Great Cup in their second year? Uh, no, they, they no. Wasn't it? No. Mm-hmm. They went to the Grey Cup in their second year, and Calgary beat them. They went to the Grey Cup in their third year. Cal- Cal- Calgary, Calgary didn't Calgary beat them. Didn't they beat them. Lost yeah, Edmonton beat them. Edmonton beat them. Yeah. Calgary, right? And then oh, Calgary okay. lost yeah. them the next, day, next year. Yeah, they lost their first one, then they won the second trip, and then they lost their third trip. So they've been to the Grey Cup three times, but that's not hard in the Eastern Division. Okay. All you have to do is have a bo- above average team and you're in the Grey Cup. You don't have to have an awesome team. You've got no competition. It always seems that there's one team in the East that just doesn't have any competition. It's like Hamilton right now seems to be walking away with the Eastern Division. Montreal is respectable, you know, but that, yeah, and they could beat Hamilton in, in the Eastern Finals. And get to the Grey Cup, Montreal could, right? And the yep, Badge could, could be playing for the Big it's, it, it's one game. How you play on that particular Sunday puts you in the big game, okay? That doesn't mean anything. But Toronto and Ottawa aren't even – they're not even going to get a sniff of the playoffs. They couldn't – they could play win out right now and they wouldn't get near the playoffs. I don't see Ottawa – I honestly don't see Ottawa winning another game this year. They look that bad. Yeah, and we've looked at their schedule. It's not easy. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing Edmonton next. I, I want them to win. I'm not holding my breath. Then they play Toronto. Ooh, you never know about that one. Then they're playing Hamilton. There's no way in hope in hell that they're going to beat Hamilton. Then they play Toronto again. And then they play Montreal. I mean, they're just playing Eastern teams. They could win. They could. You know? They're put, they, they get to play in the weakest division for the rest of the season. They they could win a few games here. I doubt it. I'm not betting on it. Okay. This show's over. What do you guys got to say about the Red Blacks? Charles, go ahead. We got 90 seconds left in the show. They suck and they probably won't win again this year. I got nothing else to say about them. Okay, I'm good just, with that. William. Just just press replay in exactly what Charles said. <laughs> so you're just gonna give them the big bell. There's the big bell. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna win another game this year. I don't think. Maybe against Toronto, but I doubt it. I don't know. Depends they on whose quarterback. Have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. They don't. Okay. I got to wrap up the show, guys. Uh, it, it's been a it's been a slice, man. I really enjoyed this. We had uh, we just had an awesome show last last week or last Sunday, 
at, or sorry, Wednesday night, and it was just an amazing show. And now we've had another good one. Maybe we should keep Mark and Phil up. Uh, never mind. Uh, this has been Let's Guess Talk what? CFL Podcast. Let me finish. Let's Talk CFL Podcast episode number 398. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and you guys say goodnight. Will, go ahead. Talk quick. Make make sure you watch next Sunday's show because that will be episode 400. Yes. Who would have thunk? That's right. Who would have thunk? Anyways, we're gonna have a, make Mark, sure say you watch, listen to us on Wednesday. Good night. Go Owls. Charles, you got four seconds. Good night, folks. Talk to you on Wednesday.